Welcome to Legal Anatomy of Current Events. I'm Gary Bell along with Brad Pollack. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We're attorneys out of Denver, Colorado. We have offices in Denver, Colorado and Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And we're glad to bring you this show. Guess what? We do this show to give you the legal story inside the story of current events in our country. We call it anatomizing your mind. And we give you the information. We want to give you the information in a non-biased way, a non-partisan way, so you can make up your own mind your own mind on any given issue. I mean, sometimes we cover very hot topics, but it's a nonpartisan show, a non-biased show, and it's designed and created to give you the information that you, you want or you didn't hear about. We call it sometimes the legal story inside the story, anatomizing your mind. Okay, you own a house, you own a piece of property, right? And all of a sudden you go to your mailbox, there's a notice there from your insurance company for your house. You open it up. You think it's going to be a friendly notice. The notice informs you that your premiums for your house have just skyrocketed. And they're going to go through the roof, so to speak. The roof of your house, the roof, the ceiling, it's going to go through the roof. And you say, I can't, you're in shock. I can't believe this. And then the next question is, what can be done about this? And the next question is, are there no regulations on insurance companies? I mean, there's regulations on car dealers. There's regulations on warranty work, the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act. There's regulations on airplanes and, and maintenance of airplanes. Are there no regulations on insurance companies? Stay tuned, because right here today on Legal Anatomy of Current Events, we're going to cover that subject, and we're going to explain it to you, and we're going to give you the legal story inside the story. Here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. As one small step for man. Ask not what your country can do for you. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. And you can see the two towers, a huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. Title IX landmark civil rights law. It marked a watershed moment for women's rights when it passed in 1972. And the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Legal Anatomy of Current Events. Preparing for launch. Legal Anatomy of Current Events. Launch sequence started. T-10. Internal power green to go. LES ready for ignition. T-9. 8. 7. We have ignition. 5. 4. Commit for launch green. 3. Liftoff, legal anatomy of current events, all for you, now on the air. All right, America, wake up. Here we go with insurance companies and raising the rates. And you heard all the news and the current events. You've got, you've got the, the fires, the hurricanes. We've got hurricanes in Florida destroying property. We've got farmers insurance company want to pull a, wanting to pull out. We've got State Farm saying they, they might pull out. And now we've had the fires in Hawaii. Wildfires in Hawaii at Lahaina. If you've ever been to Lahaina, you're, you're, you're just sick at what, at what happened. And you're sick at all these people that got injured and killed. And, and, but now we're today we're talking about property insurance, insurance for your home. And, and can insurance companies just send you a notice raising your rates sky high through the roof? And today we're going to give you a little treat. We're going to tell you a couple of things about unregulated industries 
and businesses in our country. And Brad, one of them was baseball, and one of them insurance companies. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you would ever try to relate uh, as far as the legal side of it. The baseball and insurance companies would work together or would be, would be somewhat the same. But the question is, is whether or not Congress should be regulating them. And you got to remember, when we start talking about whether or not Congress is going to regulate any kind of activity, and that's any kind of activity, it, it first has to find out that it's involved in interstate commerce. Um, now, now, you look and go, how in the world can you say baseball is not interstate commerce? And, you know, the, the interesting part of that, that was Kurt Flood learned in about 1969, I believe, uh, that they were exempt. They had received an exemption. Baseball. Baseball. Baseball received an exemption. And so the fact that he got traded from St. Louis to Philadelphia, and he uh, didn't want to be traded from St. Louis to Philadelphia, and he wanted to have some say in what was going to happen, the response was, well, that's too bad. Now, you know, you look back then, and you say, well, baseball had been around even then for a lot of years. Yeah, long time. Um, so why didn't they have no trade clauses in for Kurt Flood's contract? Uh, maybe they weren't a thing that, that was popular. Maybe they weren't a thing that was known about. Maybe, or that you have to approve a trade. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that uh, baseball uh, has gone on, as I understand it. And you know, I'm trying to r rack my brain to see what else might be out there. But I think baseball has gone along being exempt and enjoying that exemption. Something that I'm not so sure football or basketball or hockey has or soccer or any other sport, don't, you know, forgive me anybody listening that I've forgotten one of your sports, but I don't think, I, you know, I think that that's, those are all regulated, but baseball has gone on with that exemption. And uh, I, it, as they say, Gary, it would take an act of Congress to change that <laughs> exemption. Maybe, maybe that's today's American idiom, an act of Congress. But why are we talking about baseball and insurance and property rates? Because the old saying goes, folks, those are the only two industries in this country that are basically unregulated. And, and that's the old saying. That is the saying. And Brad just said it right. Uh, the, the baseball came to, came to a head when um, Kurt Flood sued Bowie Kuhn, the baseball commissioner, because he didn't want to be traded from the Cardinals to the Phillies, went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, well, yes, yes, and you're going to fall off your chair in a minute legally. You're going to fall off your legal chair. Yes, I know, we know, the justices know, that's the way it's been in this country forever. We're not saying it's right. We're not saying it's the correct statement of the law, but baseball has been unregulated, Brad. And they use the doctrine, and we're going to get back to property insurance in a minute, but they use the doctrine of stare decisis to say we're not going to change baseball being unregulated. Stare decisis means we've already made the decision, we're not going to change it, and that's a very powerful doctrine in the law. Now, let's just take a sidebar and get to abortion. Because, because all the people were arguing it was stare decisis, meaning they already had the abortion case on the books for years and years and years, and therefore you're changing it. So you see right there, one, one example where the Supreme Court said we're not going to follow stare decisis. We're not going to follow case law we decided before. We're going to change it for abortion. But, but for baseball... We're going to follow stare decisis. It's already been decided baseball is not regulated, and therefore we're going to leave it unregulated. 
And how are we going to determine why it came out that way? Well, there were uh, nine different justices making that decision on baseball to tell Kurt Flood, you've been traded, to versus um, uh, the nine justices who now have said, you can't have an abortion, or we're going to leave it to the states to regulate whether or not there's an abortion. So, you know, how uh, and why decisions get made are always a reflection of the time that the document or that the case gets in front of the Supreme Court and is always a reflection of what justices are listening to it um, and is a reflection of the, the, the times that we're in and, and what is meant by, by what happens. Uh, uh, without saying right or wrong on the abortion law, you know, and just a real precursor, I'll tell you that um, if we can all come back to this earth 100 years from now, we might find a completely different abortion law. Um, I don't think that thing's settled yet. I think there's going to be a lot of wars going on. But the one thing I don't think is going to be changed very much and that is settled is that baseball <laughs> is not regulated. It's not going to get regulated. The people who own the baseball teams aren't going to agree to be regulated. And it's going to take a, one heck of an argument to get them regulated. And, you know, to, to their credit, in one way or another, the very thing that Kurt Flood was wanting regulation over was being traded. And you got yourself these agents who went out and said, I'll tell you how we're going to get around being regula- not, not, not being regulated. We're going to get around it by putting no trade clauses into contracts. And that's how they did it. Yeah. Okay, so that, the reason we're talking about Bowie Coon and Kurt Flood and, and baseball because it's unregulated and, and stare decisis, meaning the case has already been decided and we're not going to change it, held up in the, in the United States Supreme Court. Because Kurt Flood wanted to sue baseball for uh, antitrust violations, Sherman Antitrust Act, and they said, no, it doesn't apply because it's unregulated. But they all, the Supreme Court also said that we have held that other interstate, other interstate professional sports are not similarly exempt. So they created this exception for baseball and stuck with it. Now, Brad, let's get back to insurance and your property rates. And you just got a notification. Wow. I mean, it went up 600%, 200%, $6,000 maybe, $8,000 maybe. And now we're saying, are there no regulations on, this, on these insurance companies? And so just, just like that, baseball and insurance companies are not regulated by the federal government. But, Brad, you said it a minute ago. Why are insurance companies not regulated by the federal government and it deals with the Interstate Commerce Clause of the United States Constitution? Well, it all goes back to 1869 when the Supreme Court held in the case of Paul versus Virginia that issuing a policy of insurance is not a transaction of commerce. There you go. Not a transaction of commerce. Now, I... I haven't studied it enough, I guess, to know what commerce was like in 1869 and what insurance companies were like in 1869. Um, and, you know, you always say that, uh, and I think we've done a show on this, Gary, somewhere along the line. We've done one saying, you know, when you, a lot of times you want to know whether or not it's an it's a interstate commerce or not. Because if it's interstate commerce, then the federal government can can wrap its arms around it and start trying to regulate it. But if it's not interstate commerce, or if it doesn't affect interstate commerce, then the federal government can't do anything about it. Brad, that's a great example. But let me pose another. Let me throw you another curveball today. Okay? Suppose Congress gets together right now, today, this afternoon, and passes a law regulating insurance companies in America, the federal Congress, United States Congress, and then 
then it would be challenged because they would say that you don't have any jurisdiction, you don't have the power, Congress, you don't have the power to pass a law because you only have power that's enumerated in the United States Constitution, and that means to control the flow of commerce, the stream of commerce, and it's not involved in interstate commerce. And so insurance companies are not involved in interstate commerce, so you can pass a statute this afternoon if you want, or Friday, or next week. It's not going to have any effect. Well, and, and that'd be a big question because we have had attempts to do some kind of regulation. We had the Financial Services Modernization Act of 1999. We had the Gramm-Leach-Billy Act, um, which, which in, that, in that act, or when that was reviewed, it, it, it affirmed that states should regulate the business of insurance. States. And, and not the federal government. States. The states should do it. Uh, you got the Dodd-Frank Act uh, of 2010. Uh, Consumer Protection Act of 2010. You've got a lot of different cases that have tried to address whether or not there should be a federal regulation of insurance companies. Now, when you're uh, a congressman and you think you're sitting there with a lot of power because you're representing your state and uh, you know you you uh, you've got this power that you can maybe sway your people to be uh, your fellow congressmen to be on your side or congresswomen to be on your side. What you have to remember is that you're going up against a industry that is a behemoth monster that has a lot of power and a lot of ability. And believe me, uh, insurance companies do not want to be federally re regulated. If they can be regulated only by the state, they have a much better chance of accomplishing their means. Uh, of And their means is is to sell low-risk policies for high-risk amounts. And they want to collect money, and they want to make sure that the amount of money they collect is far and away above the amount of money they pay out. Now, people would say, and any of you listening may very well be saying, well, what's wrong with that, Brad? They're simply trying to make a profit. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make a profit. And, you know, insurance sits in a very unique situation because it's so personal to the people who get the insurance or who are beneficiaries of the insurance. It's so personal because you're not trying to get recovery on your insurance policy. You're not trying to get payment on your insurance policy unless you've gone through some kind of devastating act or event. And that devastating act or event can be a, a medical problem. It can be a hurricane. It can be a fire. It can be your house blowing up because the, the person putting the gas heater in didn't put in right. It can be somebody dying and you're trying to get a death policy. It can be, and, and you want to bury somebody, and maybe you don't have the money to do it. But you're not trying to get it unless that event happens. And so it makes people a lot of times much more angry at insurance companies when insurance companies either say, we're not paying you, or they say, we're not going to cover the eventuality that these things might happen. Right. So, I mean, let's take some examples here today. If farmers or any insurance company pulls out of the state of Florida and they all pull out, you, don't have, you can't buy insurance. You go without insurance for your condo or your house. Uh, your retirement home. Well, try getting your house at all when the mortgage company says, we're not going to lend you the money to buy that house. Unless you have insurance. Unless you have insurance. And the insurance company is saying, we're not going to insure you. Right, but there's no federal regulation of insurance companies. I no. mean, basically zero. So that's left up to the state of Florida. What, what did Florida pass for regulation of insurance companies? What did Colorado pass 
What did Montana pass? You know, what did Arizona pass? So it's, it's left up to each state. It's sort of like abortion these days. The Supreme Court said we're not going to honor stare decisis. We're going to overrule and overturn Roe v. Wade, and we're going to leave it up to the states. And that's pretty much insurance regulation left up to the states. But insur- insurance companies, like as Brad just said, they don't want to be regulated. And if you're an insurance company, you probably don't want to be regulated by the federal government. The federal government is more powerful in its regulation than would be the state of Rhode Island. Because if you're dealing with a, a, an insurance commissioner from the state of Rhode Island, they probably have, like other states, limited budgets, limited staff. And insurance companies can, I don't say they do what they want, but they, they're not as, as, as highly regulated. You know, United States uh, airliners, commercial airliners, are regulated. And they're regulated by the federal government because that involves interstate commerce. So, Brad, can, can insurance companies, let's just take farmers or state farm or anybody just say, uh, we're going to raise your rates in Florida and the federal government cannot regulate, regulate us, and we only have to comply with any, any state laws or state regulations. Or, Brad, they say we're just going to pull out. Well, that's well I mean, we're, we're, we're leaving the state of Florida. We're leaving the state of California. We're leaving. Goodbye. That's exactly what they're doing. Look at the power they've got. Here, here's what it is. For, you know, and, and there could be some restrictions on the amount of profit they make. But here's what it is. They set the amount of profit they want to make. They have their actuaries who walk in and say, based on this area, this history, this information we have, this is how much you're going to pay out in, 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 pen, in benefits based on these events. Here's the events we're going to put into the insurance policy. We know if we, if we have the history repeat itself and if we get the, the regular history, we can set our rates and our rates are going to make us a profit. And it, that's the amount we're going to do on our rates. And here's what's going to happen state of Florida or state of Colorado or state of anywhere, Hawaii, uh, we're going we're gonna to look and we're going to say, if you make us, if you make us g- collect a lesser premium or give more coverage, then we're, we're going to pick up, pick up our toys and we're going to go home right. and, and now try to, get, try to do something because you can't make us do business in an area we don't want to do business. And when they say that's the way it is, that's the way it is. And what what do we end up doing in 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 the world and trying to take care of our citizens? What happens is we get what's known as the last resort property insurance bill. Right, Colorado just passed one. Several states have passed one. It's a insurance of last resort. It's state run. It's state sponsored. It's state paid, and that's the insurance of last resort. So what do you do if you live in one of these areas that you can't get insurance in Hawaii? Might be next. What do you do? Well, then you have a, a, an insurance carrier of the last resort, which is the state, like the state of Colorado. But think about this. Some insurance companies say, we'll stay in Florida, and we'll stay in California, we'll stay in Hawaii, we'll stay in Colorado, and we'll issue a policy for your house. We just won't cover, we just won't cover fire, and we won't carry, cover hurricane, hurricanes. Sure. Now, well, those will be excluded, but we'll, we'll, we're glad to cover the rest of it. So if you have one of those tragedies, so if it's excluded on your policy, Brad, can you go to the insurance carrier of last resort, the state, example, Colorado, can you go to the state of Colorado's insurance of last resort and say, I want property damage only from for hurricanes or wildfires only? And then my other insurance company is going to cover for everything else. What can you do there? Well, you're going to you're going to hope you can. 
Yeah. You can hope. I, I imagine it might, you know, it, depending on the peril that comes up and the way the bill's written, uh, because can I say there's not any peril that won't be covered under the last resort bill? I can't say that. No, you can't. Uh, you know, we don't know. You know, you, you, uh, insurance companies say, hey, we'll operate under huge profits. And believe me, the insurance companies like the last resort property insurance bill. They like that law. Because they can look and they can say, here's things we don't want to cover. Go to the state, and the state doesn't have to worry about operating at a profit. Right, but everybody should, should know that if you're going to go get the state-covered insurance, you're going to have to show or prove in most state statutes that you were denied. That's right. Right, you were denied coverage by your ordinary, normal house insurance company. But every policy out there, every policy out there exempts something. I don't think there's a policy out there that says we're, we're supplying insurance, no exemptions. No, and there was a whole lot of litigation just as a sidebar on this whole thing, a whole lot of litigation when businesses were going out of business because of COVID-19, and then the insurance company saying we didn't cause it, we didn't cover it because it's an exclusion. Exclusions are a big deal. So, Brad, the bottom line take is here today on the show is uh, there's two basic industries that are not regulated by the federal government, baseball, and insurance companies, that still stands true today, um, and it is true. Uh, and and baseball is just as left as an enigma. There it is. Uh, even though other professional sports are regulated by the Sherman Antitrust Act, the Clayton Act, you can't fix prices, etc. And and also, insurance companies are not only regulated now. Not only they've always just been regulated by the states. It can be inconsistent. It can be not as powerful. And they can up and leave, and they can raise your premiums. And so then the homeowner, the poor homeowner, either goes without insurance, no insurance, or goes to the state-run insurance program, which is a bare-bones situation and not necessarily guaranteed to everybody. Right. And, you know, that's, that's the way it is. So you're smart to try and make sure if your homeowner is the, – the, the, to me, what you would do as a homeowner is you would look and say, okay, let's grab out my policy and look at the things that are exempted and for my home because they're issuing it unique to my home. So I'm going to see the things that are exempted. And when I see the things that are exempted, get something done to either get coverage uh, as last resort or figure out what I can do. And for people in Colorado, because Gary, you and I are stationed here in Colorado. Right. Um, you know, you're looking to say maybe that's going to be hailstorms, maybe it's going to be fire. Right, we have the Marshall Fire in Colorado, but that that applies like maybe to the fire in Hawaii. But we, we Brad and I did a whole show on what kind of insurance policies you need for your house. So I mean, we're not going to cover that today, but but you say, wow, man, I got coverage, but what kind of coverage? So that's a, we did a show. You can listen to it, or you can also contact us at info at legalanatomy.net. Uh, you're listening to Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, our show today, Legal Anatomy of Current Events. We're covering insurance companies. Can can they just pull out of your state? Yes. Can they raise rates sometimes? Are they regulated by anybody? Yes, the states, not the federal government, because it was declared to be not involved in interstate commerce. Therefore, the Congress has no jurisdiction or power to issue statutes to control or regulate the insurance companies, and that's where we are today. You can reach us at info at legalanatomy.net. We want to anatomize your mind. And as we do every show, Brad's going to give you the American idiom of the day, and I'm going to give you the quote. 
But uh, Brad, he's he's been on a roll. He gets some pretty pretty applicable and apropos idioms. So what do you got for today on insurance, Brad? Well, I've I've got a few. Oh wow! You know, and um, so for some of you, I hope you remember Rowan and Martin's laughing. I think it was uh, was out there, but. Um, when you're dealing with insurance companies, you've got to remember that you're probably going to have a tough time getting insured for an act of God, which is an idiom, and that you can bet your sweet bippy that <laughs> you're going to end out footing the bill <laughs> when, when, when it happens. So there, there's your American idiom. It's three put together, um, but that's what happens. Say goodnight, Dick. Good, good night, Dick. <laughs> you do remember. Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> My favorite one of those shows when they were pretending to be two customs agents at the at the check-in, and the guy brings a suitcase and say, "Open your suitcase, and it's full of white powder cocaine on both sides, <laughs> not in bags. It's blowing everywhere in their face, and they just keep talking about it. Well, you know, we're, we're, you're okay. You can go through." So good, say good night, Dick. <laughs> say good night. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you the quote of the day. It comes from Babe Ruth today. Come on. Here we go. Babe Ruth, the babe. You think, you try, and you think, you try, and man, you failed, and then what happened? Then you failed. Well, Babe Ruth has a quote for you today. His quote, exact quote was, every strike brings me closer to the next home run. Every strike brings me closer to the next home run because he was kind of the strikeout king. He was also the home run king, right? So don't give up. If you're trying to do something or improve your life or improve yourself or improve your performance or improve your marriage or your spirit or your progress in life, don't give up. Every strike brings you closer to the next home run. Okay, you're listening to Legal Anatomy of Current Events. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We're out of Denver, Colorado, and we want to anatomize your mind. We will see you next week.